Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, in preparation for Sabbath, June 26th, we look at Lesson 13, The New Covenant Life. Join us as we see true freedom that is found in the New Covenant. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, I can't believe it. We're at the the last quarter, or the last uh, lesson of the quarter. Yeah, it's gone by quickly, hasn't it? It has. It has. uh, Lesson 13, the, the New Covenant Life. And uh, our te- memory text today is, is coming from John 10.10, 10, probably something that our audience is quite familiar with. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Uh, this is pertinent, especially talking about the new covenant life, mm-hmm. because ultimately this is God's plan for us. He doesn't want us to live in drudgery. He wants us to live in abundance, uh, an abundancy. Absolutely. And uh, what a way to finish off, you know, this quarter, this going over the covenants and celebrating that relational aspect of, of that walk with God. Amen. So, Michael, tell us a little bit about Sunday's lesson, Joy. Yeah, you know, I mean, this just goes right with um, the whole theme of covenant. When there is covenant, when there is relationship, um, you see that sparkle in the eyes, you know, um, it's kind of like a, a couple that fall in love. You can just see that they're really enjoying each other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're headed out for a wedding later today. Yes, we are. Yes, you know, we are. Part of uh, one of the great things of being here at Southwestern with uh, students, they fall in love and <laughs> get married. And, and those are times of celebration, times of joy. It's true. And I, th- I think the same thing is true with God. God doesn't want our relationship with him, that covenant to be drudgery um, and in fact it quotes first John chapter 1 verse 4 and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full amen and so God just wants us to experience him and out of that abundance and that overflow of that experience you see that joy that that just flows naturally out and uh, that's that's really here what we're we're talking about um, and, and you know, the, the lessons asking, you know, True. Uh, about John and the early Christians, what helped to make their joyful. Um, you know, one of the things to think about is it was not easy to be a Christian in the early among the early Christian church. It was not. Uh, they, you know, it was times of sporadic persecution, sometimes very intense persecutions. And yet they were still willing to share their faith in the midst of such trials and and tribulations, even some who gave their lives uh, that were martyrs, right? Um, And even in the midst of that, you you get a sense from Paul, Pastor Paul, as he's going around shipwrecked, he's persecuted, he's imprisoned, he's betrayed by the Jerusalem council, and you know, which leads to ultimately his death. And yet through all of these circumstances, he talks about uh, joy. And, mm-hmm. and John the Revelator, the same thing. I mean, he's boiled in oil according to tra- tradition, right? Yeah. But yet he in exile to Patmos. Um, but once again, all of these things are focused, um, even in the midst for the early Christians, um, that they had joy because who they were connected to to in their walk with God, in that relationship with Christ, that abundance. They realized God had done so much for them 
uh, that what little they had in return in response was was just really insignificant. And yet you see that sense of joy, that 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 wonderment that is there. Um, and maybe just one other angle, you know, yeah. um, Buster, you and I both have kids. Sure. Yeah, we do. You know, and I, I like to make my kids happy. Yeah, that's and, true. And sometimes I, I tell them, you know, you got to do your chores and stuff like that and got to get some of your homework done. And, and they're like, oh, dad, you know, what are you doing to me? And I said, well, you know, I, I, I enjoy nothing more than to persecute you. You know, I, it, a little <laughs> bit of satire there. And of course, they look at me and they know. And then after they get it done, then they come and come back with a big hug. You know, daddy, I love you. Thanks for you knew what, you know, and, and that relational aspect of a parent with a child, I, I, I delight. I, I don't want to torture my kids, you know, making them do those things. But I know it's what's best for them. I it's love them. True. And how much more do we have a loving Heavenly Father that cares uh, so deeply for us? So um, from there, you know, uh, Monday's lessons about guilt-free. Help us to be guilt-free, Buster. <laughs> you know, that's actually something you have to work out with your own fear and trembling before Woo! God, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> but, but we do find here, it, it takes this from Romans 8.1. Yes. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it asks this question, how do we how do we understand this? Yeah. The, the question is there to them which are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And there's so many of us, mm-hmm. how do I put it gently, mm-hmm. that say we're in Christ Jesus, but are we really in Christ Jesus? Some of wow. us are yeah. in the church, mm-hmm. but not necessarily in Christ Jesus. Wow. Right? And yeah. the church, I yeah. believe, is in Christ Jesus. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I'm not, don't, don't cast uh, uh, heresies at me. But what yeah. I am saying is, just because you're in the church doesn't mean you're in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And therefore, the condemnation, the guilt that comes about is because we haven't come boldly before the throne of mm-hmm. grace and mercy mm-hmm. before God. Yeah. And uh, Romans or, or John chapter five twenty four gives a little bit more more light on this. Most assuredly, I say to you that he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Mm. And so the people who are hearing the word, understanding it, have a relationship with Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. find that there is forgiveness and mercy, but also find that there is a call to, to higher living. Yeah, yeah. But also amongst there, there is also this patience and this grace that you have towards others. Yeah. Uh, someone put on social media here this week, I, I forgot exactly who, but uh, they, they actually put this thing and said, uh, the church says, come as you are, but you better change real quick before we kick you back out. Ouch. Yeah, mm. Ooh. Ooh, I saw that too. <laughs> yeah, you saw that too, right? <laughs> yeah, and 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 it got me got my wheels thinking. You know, this yeah. guilt-free life, this mm-hmm. joyous life that we're called mm-hmm. to live. Yeah, it's supposed to be experienced by everyone. Yeah. and yet there's a, a local church around here. I won't say which one, but they have this interactive uh, slideshow that they have with the church, and they put on there: Does the gospel lead to joy? Mm. And sixty percent of the people in that church said no. Ouch. And so oh. this pastor said, man, that hurts. That hurts. Oh, wow. Yeah. But yeah. he, but he's taking his time. He said over the next, uh, over the next uh, eight weeks, yeah. he says, we're going to cover that the gospel does lead to joy. I want you to see this. Yeah. And I, I think that's where we, we're running into, which is sometimes we realize that the church is the ones that actually uh, are supposed to be the ones extending this joy, mm-hmm. extending this grace and this mercy. But sometimes we don't. And as a result of that, we get confused with God. Yeah. 
the church is not God. I'm sorry. (laughs) We fall so short, Mm -hmm. but we are representatives of who God is. We are his ambassadors. Mm -hmm. And as ambassadors, we're not living a guilt-free and joyous life. Then why would the world want to join us? And so, therefore, I I give it back to you personally, audience, (laughs) uh, myself, Michael, you and and I. We're called to live this life full of grace and joy and guilt-freeness because we dwell in Christ. Mm -hmm. Therefore, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Be in Christ Jesus. Be with Jesus Christ so that we are not walking after the flesh but after the Spirit. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, living a guilt-free life, you know, I just went in for the dentist this morning. Oh. <laughs> yes. Have you been flossing? And uh, I, were you guilt-free? <laughs> well, I said, it's time for confession. <laughs> <laughs> if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. Forgive yes, us of our sins. Yes, and to... Uh, cleanse our plaque from all unrighteousness right <laughs> it definitely needs some uh, plaque cleansing so there we go. Um, so a little shout out to dr mertz uh thanks for having a little bit of grace and mercy there but amen but, but you know this kind of leads naturally i think to tuesday's lesson about a new covenant a new heart is you know you can you can say all you want and try to you know guilt trip but but you have to actually look at some of the root of the problem mm. um and not just the dental root of your teeth, you know? <laughs> um and 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 to motivate and change uh, takes it takes a little bit of um change a change of perspective a change of heart and and that really is at the heart of our walk with god is if we try to force ourselves to have joy it's artificial and concocted and and people can see right through that and i I think that's a a big reason why we're looking at generational shifts within the Mm. church right now we have the rise of uh, gen z uh what's called uh, or you know, even the millennials bef- with with in Gen Z now, and and then also uh, the rise of the nuns. I've been reading this yeah. fascinating book yeah. about this. Um, that there's and, and it's not it's not Catholic nuns. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, people that have no religious affiliation no. whatsoever. Yeah, and a high percentage of those come out of conservative evangelical Christians Christian homes. Well, and I think you and I, Michael, can attest yeah. to that. You know, yeah. teaching at a mm-hmm. higher institution of uh, at an Adventist institution. Yeah, we have we have some nuns coming through, and we I do. have I have them write assignment called statements of belief, mm-hmm. and a lot of them they don't even realize it, but they're basically saying we're nuns, right? We're yeah. yeah. We believe in this isn't it's not even agnostic right, right. it's it's a little mm-hmm. bit separate so yeah so uh, continue on michael yeah i mean I, I i think that's because a lot of people only see the outward mm-hmm. forms of religion ellen white talks yes. about that in desire of ages this is a problem of the heart all the way throughout all of of, of christian history uh, salvation history god wants our heart not to just go through the motions and and Come i think on. that's a, a big big issue and in from the research i'm reading it yeah. is a big contributor people see oh well you're saying one thing at church but then i you're see how you act out your politics mm-hmm. i see how you act out how you treat other people yep. Um, I see how, you know, ex, you know, you fill in the yeah. blanks. Whatever and, you, whichever and, direction you want to go. And, and and really what people are yearning for is that and what the, the Sabbath school lessons calling and scripture calls a new covenant yeah. or a new heart. Yeah. And, and that is not anything that someone can have for someone else. It has to be authentically experienced. And my favorite book of the Bible, Ephesians, is quoted here, chapter 3, verses 17 and 19, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, 
which passes knowledge that mm. you might be filled with the fullness, fullness of, of God. God. I like that. Yeah. No. And, and, and you know, that's the, yeah. that's the epitome of mm-hmm. what we're called to, to, to lift for. Exactly. And if, if you're in this church and there's no transformation, mm-hmm. then it's a bunch of rules and regulations without transformation. What good is that? It's not doing anything for anyone. And so a part of the nuns, I, I can't even blame them. Yeah. Because if you're growing up in this strict environment that's always hammering you down, yeah. but you don't see any transformation, not only from those who are over you, but also those who are around you, yeah. then, then you're saying, why am I here? And, I, and I'll have to test this, Michael. We mm-hmm. talked about earlier yeah. in the spirit. If we take out the Holy Spirit equation in this, Ouch. right? Yeah. We're giving up this this aspect of growth, mm-hmm. of tremendous change. Mm-hmm. And, if, and apart from, we, we need the Trinity together. I'm sorry. I had yeah. to say it. Yeah. Uh, because apart from that, we're we're just, we're, we're computers. We're robots. And we're, we weren't created for that. Yeah. We're created for this intimate approach with God and with one another where there's community, where there's actual change. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, part of that is by experiencing God's love. This other text that's mentioned is 1 John four sixteen. God is love and he that dwells in love dwells in God and God is in him. Amen. And, and I, I think that's a part of what is that key ingredient that's often missing in the Christian experience is, is, is that aspect of love. Mm. Uh, do we actually show that we genuinely care about others and and those others aren't just you know the people that we like no, no. it's it's the people that often we dislike the the marginalized yep. the uh, the people that give us a hard time maybe yeah. you know that neighbor that's annoying maybe that coworker or boss or whatever uh, maybe it's maybe it's even a spouse or a relative you know yeah. uh, but but do we have genuine love selfless love modeled and personified by Jesus Christ himself. Yeah. Do we do we know that and experience it ourselves? And and really so so much of what the gospel is all about is so simple. It is. It really is. It really is. And 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 Michael, I, I love to segue here, but yeah, as the yeah. new covenant and the new heart work together, so does the new covenant and eternal life. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine uh being in a church that's full of of I don't know, devoid of of this joy, this devoid of that guilt freeness, that's devoid yeah. of mm-hmm. of this new heart, yeah. and saying you have to be there for eternity. Wow, I don't want to be there. No, uh, the the heaven that I see, that I know, that I read about, mm-hmm. is going to be a place full of joy, full of guilt freeness, right? Yeah. Full of of these new hearts, mm-hmm. also new bodies, right? Mm-hmm. I, I just read a, a someone who sent this to me said, he said, why are you exercising? We're going to get new bodies in heaven anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we better start practicing so yeah, yeah, that yeah, you don't get fat in yeah, heaven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I chuckled at. It's like, you, you know, uh, all of this that we're doing here on yes. earth is preparing us, yeah. right, for yeah. heaven. But yeah. also the church is called to be heaven here on earth. We are. We're not supposed to wait. No, we're not supposed to wait. Yeah. The joy is not something that's just going to come when Jesus comes to the clouds of glory. It's something that he wants to give us now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the heart, new heart, is not something that he's going to say, oh, you, you made it, Michael. Here goes your new heart. Yeah. That new heart is given before he comes. Wow. That's given now. Yeah. Uh, and so so is... So does uh, eternal life. I'm going to get there in a second. Uh, yeah. We're going to well, l- while you're about ahead. to get there. I want to say something real quick, though. Um, Do so. The the you know th- that whole motivation I think is a big part of you know I hear a lot of people talking not only 
um, about that, but, but what you mentioned, but also, you know, social activism. What about uh, race relations, Black Lives Matter, right? That's, yeah. that's a big thing in mm-hmm. the last uh, two years in particular. Uh, what about the environment and stuff like that? And people are just like, well, all our problems will go away when, when Jesus comes. But, but Jesus doesn't expect us to just wait on the sidelines and pretend that nothing's happening around us. Um, and, and what I frequently get asked is, uh, well, then if you care about these things, then you're a liberal or therefore you're adopting some kind of heathen philosophy. And I say, no, 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 not at all. Um, yes, we may have, there may be similarities um, uh, in terms of common interests, but my motivation behind why I do them is makes all the difference. And I do it because it's based and anchored in scripture. And most of all, it's anchored in God's love. Amen. How can I exist in this world? And I've been in, born in a life of privilege and not notice so much systematic injustice in society in the world around me Mm. and i i love that our early pioneers in ellen white they said no we're not going to sit on the sidelines yeah we're gonna we're gonna speak up and when we see injustice in our midst yeah uh and and the same thing's true about the environment that's probably going to be the most significant issue of uh our generation onward our children for their lives into the future until christ comes um how we deal with the environment and and i'm not trying to save the world because i know it's going to burn but i start to live the way i do because of god's love has changed me god created this earth and has given us stewardship which means we need to care for it not to exploit it yeah but to care for it again motivation and anchored in scripture makes all the difference it's true it's so true yeah and and that's what we're called to do and that's that's the foundation of eternal life right Absolutely. Uh, it, so, so here it gives us this the scripture, mm-hmm. Michael. That yeah, yeah, that also uh, adds to what you exactly what you're saying, which is John eleven twenty five and twenty six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus said to her, "I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, that uh, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this?" But this this is right in the midst of Jesus about to raise Lazarus from the dead. Yeah. If Jesus really thought that way of. You know, it doesn't matter when I come back the second time, Lazarus will be raised from the dead. No, I came to give life and get it, give it more abundantly. I care about Lazarus, not only in the second resurrection, actually, Lazarus is going to have three of them, right? Or, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, two. <laughs> he won't be in the third. All right. But <laughs> anyways, right, right. <laughs> my math is off. You know, that's theologians and math. But uh, hey, now, <laughs> when Jesus is calling, he's saying, I care about Lazarus here and now, but yeah. also in me is the life and the resurrection, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and the thing I want the audience to hear, and this is the only other scripture I'm going to read for this section. It's not listed here, but John 17, verse 3. Mm-hmm. And this is eternal life, that mm. they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Wow. Uh, oftentimes we think of eternal life as this moment when we raise up and we're caught up in heaven, or we're, we're caught up in heaven when we're alive, when Jesus comes to a clouds of glory, and well, that millennium, and then we come here to the new earth, and that's, that's eternal life. But here, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, this prayer that he is praying, yeah. that they may be one as you and I, Father, are one, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He is saying that eternal life begins when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, yeah. when we have a relationship with the Father yeah. through Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, because right before here in John chapter 16, he's yeah. talking about the Comforter and the co- things the Comforter, the Holy Spirit's going to do. When mm-hmm. we have this relationship with God, that begins eternal life. And if we do pass away, if we do die, that's only but a sleep. That's yeah. a moment. That's a glimpse. It is. And when we wake up, we'll yeah. continue our forever eternal relationship with God. And so don't don't mess this up. Don't say, 
oh, I'll, I'll, I'll just be made perfect in heaven. No, be made perfect, not in your sinlessness, but perfect in your love towards God mm-hmm. and love towards others. According to John chapter, according to Matthew chapter five, here and now in your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Michael, that leads us to the new covenant and mission. Boom, Jackalaka. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, what I way love, to, way to, way I love end. mission, you know, and, and when you have something that you are passionate about, you can't keep it to yourself. Mm. Something that you love and experience, it just flows naturally out of you. And, and of course, the, the uh, lesson quotes the Great Commission, uh, go ye therefore and teach all nations, you know, baptizing them in Amen. the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Uh, teaching them to observe all these things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. world. And as Adventists, um, Adventism is at its best when we remain missional. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, our our danger is still the same as the Jews in the time of Christ, that we become uh, focused in outward forms, rigid and devoid of God's love and that relational aspect that we keep uh, talking about and coming back to and that the lesson keeps reminding us about. And and this is really uh, what it's what it's all about, um, facilitating mission. There's a great need that is still out there. I think a lot of people think, well, we have missionaries and we've got all these different schools and hospitals around the oh, world. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. They'll take care of that. We're, we're done, you know. No. And, um, you know, it was, you know, only in the past decade that our family was overseas in Southern Asia. And they did a, a study. How many of the people groups, not just countries, but people groups and language groups have actually had a tangible connection in Jesus Christ. And 70% of the people groups in Southern Asia, and we're talking Mm. about a significant chunk of the world's population, have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. Wow. So we have a lot of work to do both around the world, and we have a lot of work to do here in, in, well, here in Texas, really, and in America and in a Western atmosphere and whoever our our, our church listeners may be listening from you know um one of the the greatest needs today is we look at you know the rise of the nuns that we've been talking about the rise of secularization um where actually a lot of these parts of the world uh that have uh, traditionally been seen as places where missionaries go to are now needing to send missionaries to us because because we need to be yeah. reminded yeah. of the message of, of the gospel. And and that kind of global shift, um, that change, that's a, that's a reality. Um, and we're probably one of the greatest mission fields here is, our, is right around us. We are the mission field. Everywhere is a mission field. But we have, like never before, um, the need has never been greater, I should say. You know, the problem I have, Michael, is the very first word of the Great Commission, hmm. just go. And yeah. we've changed that go to come, which is we stay in the church and you come to us. Ouch. We're going to send out a flyer and we're going to tell yeah. you to come to us. We're going to have a program that's going to be so highlighting that's going to that you're going to come to us. But that's never been the, the goal. The wow. goal is yeah. for us to go, for us to look yeah. and have these have these feelers out there for people and mm-hmm. saying, where are you so I can meet you where you are yeah. so then I can walk with you and journey back you to, with you to the church. And, uh, and I know I'm being uh, probably a little bit more vague there, but what mm-hmm. I'm saying is personally, God is calling you wherever you are, yeah. whoever you are, to go and yeah. be his missionary. Yeah. 
Well, I'm reminded, you know, uh, it was a very arresting moment as a, a young pastor, and I went across the street uh, to the, uh, knock on the doors of the houses. So I was doing a survey, and I was trying to get my members engaged in the community. So we're uh, lead by example, right? So, Amen. So knock on the doors, and I thought, you know, I, I personally as a pastor want to knock on the doors of the people immediately across the street from Amen. our church. Amen. Like, oh, that's right, there is a church there. You know, I don't know anything about that church. They lived their whole lives, like 40 yeah. years, and never had any contact oh, with our church. Helpless Lord. And and so somehow we've got to change that paradigm yeah. that, look at me, I'm so great, high and mighty and holy that everyone will want to come to me. Well, if that were true, and we had that joy that this lesson's talking about, uh, but the, the reality is is that we make it too much about ourselves. And mm. Instead, the greatest joy isn't found in myself, but in service to others. Amen. You know? Amen. And Amen. serving others. And when my focus shifts, and what you're inviting us to do, if I'm hearing you right, Buster, I'm shifting from me mm-hmm. to you. Yes. To become we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it becomes us. And when it becomes us. I like it. Man, there's a power that that's where power yeah. and transformation actually mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And if, if anything, you get out of this new covenant. Yeah, that's the change of heart. That's the change of of, of mental mm. uh, uh, shift from yeah. being internally focused to being uh, externally focused, mm-hmm. uh, being vertically focused, and that changes our external and our internal perspective. Yeah. And so I, I pray that throughout this quarter that that man our, our hearts and our minds have been transformed. By looking to God and looking mm-hmm. at our brothers and sisters as equal with us. Love it. Love it. Well, I think that puts a wrap for another week. So this is Sue. And Swoops, signing, signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops, signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.